Today is November 21st, 2020. This is episode 86 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. Okay, today I'm going to unfortunately be spending some time talking about the peaceful transfer of power. And why would I be talking about this, you ask? It's been two weeks, almost three weeks since the election in the US where they chose a new president. And uh, yeah, I wish I wasn't talking about this because it's been, uh, it turns out Americans have had it good for quite a while. Um, Nobody tried to mess with their system, which had some pretty obvious ways to mess with it. And um, everyone thought it was fine, but it turns out that no, it's not fine. Um, So the American political system has some pretty obvious flaws. I think the Electoral College is one massive flaw with the system that makes it, again, people will say, not a democracy, it's a republic. Fine, great. Um, So what you're saying is your system is not a democracy. (laughs) Um, That's, I would say, quite an obvious flaw with a country that's supposed to be one of the most democratic in the world. Um, or at least a lot of people say it is, Um, but potentially the most important flaw in the American political system is not the Electoral College, as it turns out, although it has done a very bad job of picking the most popular person. Um, Most important flaw that we are seeing now exposed for the first time, potentially, we we almost saw it four years ago. Um, Well, no, not necessarily, actually. We only, this is the first time we've actually really um, seen a huge issue with this, but it's built into the system. Um, yes, the the popular vote thing and um, contesting the results very heavily was something we saw four years ago, but that's not important right now. What's important right now is that the person in power is contesting the election results. And there is a extremely long amount of time between an election in the United States and the next inauguration. And if a president, a sitting president, the incumbent is also running again, like is happening right now, and they lose, which has happened a few times, but um, is also happening right now. Um, That president, that person has power for several months. And that means that if that person has some malevolent intentions, they can completely break the system. They have all the control. They are literally driving the country still, despite the fact that they have been voted out. And The expectation is that they should have no power. Um, I want to contrast that with Canada, where we, I'm not saying our system is perfect by any means. I would love if we could do our elections a little differently. But overall, we have a pretty robust system in terms of controlling for this, for a dictator trying to grab power after they have been ousted from power. Um, And so in Canada, the leader of the legislative branch doesn't hold any special position. They don't have any like special, they have a title of prime minister. And they have a residence and all this stuff. But the leader of the legislative branch is just a member of parliament who has who leads the party that ends up getting the most seats in our parliament. They don't have the only reason they hold any special position on top of that is because they're leader of their party. And like they can at any time vote that person out like the the, just the legislative branch. If they lose faith in that person, um, they can just vote them out. There also has to be an election every four years, just like in the United States, although there can be one sooner. It doesn't have to be exactly every four years. But we also don't have these massive primaries or this this whole system that basically is has now it just churns up every four years. Like we had they had Donald Trump saying he was running for reelection in the day he was inaugurated. 
and we would not have anything like that. Um, so first of all, when there is an election in Canada, the government goes into standby mode. So there's no new things that are launched. There's no new policy. Um, there's essential essential services keep running. So like my job, for example, would not really be affected because we're mostly just releasing programs. Um, we're doing what needs to be done to maintain order and maintain services and all that stuff. But Parliament doesn't sit. They stop. Um, I think there's a set about two month election period where people are allowed to up until that point, you're not allowed to fund. Uh, you're probably allowed to fundraise, but you're not allowed to campaign. You don't have to have lawn signs, any of that stuff. There's no there's no campaigning until this election period. And then we vote and we <laughs> Elections Canada proudly said we vote on paper. Um, I would love the idea if they could tally votes electronically, but it doesn't seem like with, with all the chaos going on in the States, it doesn't seem like we're headed that direction, especially in a pandemic. It would be great if we could vote on paper and then have that vote be counted electronically. Um, but in Canada, we count our ballots by hand. We just have a ton of precincts. Um, we don't, fortunately, we don't have the system, uh, or at least I haven't really heard much about any system, any issues with the system where we don't have enough precincts and people are not like having to wait in line. Having to wait in line at all for voting is just such a, like, it's such a ridiculous concept to somebody from Canada. Um, I guess it might be different theoretically in places like big cities like Toronto, but like we live in, I live in the capital. There's a million people here. Um, that I, <laughs> when I think about waiting in line for, to vote, I think like, okay, I'm in the building, I'm standing at, in the gymnasium, wherever it is that we're voting. And there's like a person in front of me waiting to get their ballot. And like one person, one person, that would be my version of waiting in a line. I've never had more than I think maybe two people in front of me in line. And that's like, oh, somebody didn't have their voting card. So they had to register. That's the other thing. You don't have to register to vote beforehand. Like there's so many ways in which the Canadian vote election system, as much as it has its flaws, is so, so much better than the American system, which is just chaos. Like need it. there's so many disenfranchisement options that you can run into. Um, being able to register to vote, just have a piece of mail with your address on it and some ID. You can register to vote on the spot anywhere in Canada. Um, the laws are the same everywhere. It's it's beautiful by that standard. Um, so we've done our vote. Um, it's all counted, everything like that. Nothing happens. With outgoing MPs, they have no power because Parliament has been dissolved. There's no power for those MPs until they're reelected. And you basically can't sabotage the system in the same way that you can here. And it's not to say that this Canada system is perfect by any means, but um, it's it doesn't have this built in coup potential where you give the person who just lost the election back the power for several months. and let them do whatever they want with the military that they control and the government budget, which they control and all of these different things. There's no, there's nothing like that. And it in retro, like thinking about that in retrospect, it's kind of weird. Um, so one of the things I'm going to do in this episode in the show notes, um, I'm going to post a link to a medium article um, that I found yesterday and read through it was, it's from last week, but it's talking about how um you don't really realize, you don't really recognize that you're in a coup sometimes until you're already in it. And the article is basically talking about how the United States is in a coup right now. That this particular coup has doesn't have much force behind it. It doesn't have much of anything behind it. There's no reasoning. There's no evidence um, of any kind of election fraud. But they're calling into question the results of the election. And the person in power is the one doing it. 
And so there are 70 million people who have voted for this person who not only um, is telling everybody that he won, but is saying that I'm the only person that can do what you want me to do. The person, the other person who has also has claimed power. So he says unjustly um, is going to basically ruin your life. And so he's basically riled up the base, his his voting base so much that I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that they are ready to attack at the drop of his hat. If he says go, they will just attack. And he is the person and his party still controls every single lever of government. Um, Congress can write laws. The Senate is not doing anything right now. Uh, I think they just went on vacation, actually. And he holds the executive branch and they have a supermajority in the in the um, Supreme Court. There's nothing there's nothing going on here. There's no reason why he can't consolidate power. And the only thing that can stop him right now, the only thing that can let things kind of go back to normal for a while is people in his party taking a stand for democracy against him. And there's still so, so much damage he can do, even if things go exactly the way that they're technically supposed to. Uh, he doesn't concede, but he still has to leave the White House. He still loses control. There's still this giant mob of millions of people all over the country who th now think that he has been wrongly like tricked and um, had this election stolen from him. and. There's like I said, I said this before the election. I said this since the election. There is just no way with how this has played out and how Donald Trump has played it that it doesn't end in some kind of violent outburst. And I honestly I really, really hope that it doesn't lead to that. But I just don't see a way where it doesn't. There's no way at this point with Donald Trump with his heels dug in as far as they are. There's no way that at any point he just walks away and calms that voting base. He will go to his grave thinking that this election was stolen from him. And that group of people is under his like he effectively has mind control over them in this one domain. There's no there's nothing that he, even he could say at this point to say to get them completely over the fact that it was stolen, whether or not he actually gives a concession speech. Now, it's too late. His base likely wouldn't even believe it at this point. They would say, no, he's he's being controlled by the deep state or something there's they have been absolutely conditioned to believe that the order of the united states government is out to get them specifically and um and that folks to put it bluntly is why the peaceful transfer of power is so important his um donald trump's press secretary yesterday said that he was not treated well during his transition, and this is why he's making it so hard for the for the this current transition to happen. And um, all I saw was that video cut with him speaking on January twentieth, twenty seventeen, thanking uh, President and Michelle Obama for their help during the entire transition period. Um, honestly, it's just it. There's so many just completely bald faced, naked lies in this administration, and it is going to cause. Like people are not only are people going to die because of this coronavirus pandemic going on and just sweeping through the country, they're having up in like 20,000, 200,000 new cases per day um, in a few weeks, in two or three weeks, one to two percent of those people are going to die. That means that and, and probably more because hospitals are going to be overwhelmed. So the death rates are going to go up. 
um, that means at least 2,000 people, 2,000 to 4,000 people dying every day in a few weeks. Like this is not, this is not good. And, and they're concerned about trying to sow political discord and question the election results and have lawsuits and all this stuff. It is terrible. And I, we definitely haven't seen the end of this. We're, we're not even at the beginning of, of the worst of this. And um, I'm just hoping that, that it, I'm hoping that it honestly doesn't get as far as I suspect it will, but I just have no confidence in that. And this has been a depressing Saturday episode. I'm going to leave it there. I have more thoughts on this, but um, I would encourage you to read the Medium article that I'm going to post in here, talking about someone who has lived through a coup in Sri Lanka. And basically, even though that coup was extremely stupid, the questions that it posed wrongly, the questions that it posed about the democracy and the election that was going on there. Um, yeah, they led to death, it led to destruction, it led to just unrest in the entire country for a long time. And um, yeah, it's, it's a coup. Call a coup a coup. Anyways, thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.